Welcome to the So Live podcast. So Live is an educational nonprofit with a mission to make effective, non-toxic cancer treatments more accessible to the public while promoting general health, wellness, and happiness. This podcast is an extension of that mission. Thank you from So Live. Hello, and welcome to the So Live podcast. I'm Tracy Keller, board member, and I am joined today by my co-host, Ryan Overcash. Hi, and, everyone. Um, she's our new SoLive committee member, and she will be introducing our guest today. So excited to be here, and I'm so excited, Tracy, to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Ramon. She is a psychotherapist and social worker here that has worked with me on a few cases, and we are just loving what she does. So here to share and see if she can help lots of people out there listening. Welcome. Well, thanks. I can't stop smiling. <laughs> I love that. We're I so excited that. to have you here. And I feel like I know you just because... Um, I have heard so many amazing things about you. Yeah. So nice. Thank so you. We are here to hear all about your journey and teach us. Okay. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you started in this in, in this area of, of your expertise now and what got you here. Yeah. So okay, that's a big question, right? I mean, I think like most people in my business, which is the business of helping. Um, most of us have complicated stories about how we got here and mine is no different, you know, a set of personal tragedies that convinced me that I could, you know, save the world. But, um, so, so, you know, I, I studied, I, I've always been a, 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 I've always been a little bit of a fanatic for science and, and humans. And so I went to school for science. I majored in science in college. I went to grad school and I just, uh, found myself, um, really interested in human beings and how human beings function and why. And so and so as I so I became a clinical social worker and and the more time I spent with humans, the more my interest grew in the brain and in particular the female brain. And so I'd say that's where I kind of found my passion for for women's mental health, right? And um and understanding women and their mental health. It's so amazing. And this yeah. this has so Tracy, I feel like this is so um Tracy's realm too. Because yes, the, the, well, I also am just so interested in, you know, not only just the way the brain thinks, mm -hmm. I want to know more about, you know, what, what have you found when it comes to women and women's brains? Tell me, give me a little bit of that path. Yeah. Okay. Well, so first of all, I think that we, most of us don't learn enough about how our mind operates. Nobody teaches us that. I mean, like in seventh grade science, you kind of get the rundown, right, on some things. Right. But, but overall, I would say we never get enough information about this machine that is, is part of an 11 system thing that is running the show for us, right? And so, so um, the brain is complicated, and both brilliant and lazy at the same time, right? You've got this middle. You've got it is, right? Like exactly. So, so, so you've got this middle brain that 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 we have in common with all animals, with all mammals, right? And it's it's full of feelings and and it's it's all about our survival, right? Constantly running, and then you have this higher brain that is for logic and 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 writing songs and and doing geometry and those two parts of the brain are so fascinating and poorly integrated right wow right so yeah. it's part of your work actually integrating the yeah the two? okay yes yeah which it's possible it's really really possible for people to 
to to exercise their mind and their bodies in ways that make the mind more integrated, right? And so what that looks like is like you have a feeling about something and you think that the way you feel about it is the most important thing happening. Exactly. Which of course is never it's true because true. feelings are just interesting, right? They're just information. They're not. Yes. You, should, you should probably never make decisions in your life on just how you feel about something, never. right? But then, so then you have this higher brain that is brilliant and logical and, and, and full of information, but also so poorly, but it's poorly integrated with this middle brain. And so you have this higher brain, so you have your middle brain that's full of feeling, and then you have this higher brain that's full of data, and they don't communicate well, but we can help them communicate well, for and sure. That's that one amazing? of the things I teach is yeah. let's think higher than you feel. Oh my God. <laughs> so we are that, soulmates. Yes. <laughs> you and me. I, I thought yeah. you guys would have a lot to yes. talk about. This yes. I use that. I say a lot of times, please bring your higher brain to this conversation yes. with me right now. Bring yes. your higher brain. Well, and then our thoughts can actually change our feelings. And that's why it's so important to think higher than we feel. Right. And also to spend some time thinking about how you're thinking. Right? Yes, <laughs> I teach that. And then the bigger think about and what the, you think about. Right, think about what you think about. Say that all the time. And then also, what other data is available to us? And I think I think sometimes people are surprised when they come to me for therapy because they think that I'm mostly going to be interested in how they feel, which I, I am to a degree. I want to hear how that makes you feel, but more importantly, I want to know um, what are you doing about it, and what are you thinking about it, and what is what are the facts around you, and also how's your liver functioning because all of that plays into. <laughs> So a little How chemistry and a little higher brain. All I mean, of it. I love that. Yeah, all of it. I will say some of the clients that, that we share, mm -hmm. what I've learned about these young women is Michelle has given them tools. And I'm looking at Tracy saying this, but these girls come in and they have these incredible tools to how they should navigate these thoughts when they yeah. do encounter them. And I think it's it's just amazing that these little young people are able to kind of figure out some things that as grownups we all struggle with. Yeah. Right. Uh, I want to cry hearing you say that because that's like my that's what I want. Right. That's my that's my work with girls is I want them to come to you and know this is what I know about my brain. This is what I know about my body. This is what I want to investigate so that I can make decisions for myself. Yeah. I feel like the work we're doing with these girls is our gift to the universe. It we is. It is. Just had this it conversation. Yeah. so true. <laughs> yeah. Because, of course, women are taking over. And so we need to make a super race of women. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. The entire human race is kind of, you know built on women so kind of but yeah that's another conversation that's a whole for another other day. Conversation. <laughs> that's right. so so yeah. i'd love to know a little bit more about when a a, a young person a mm -hmm. young female usually comes to you what are some of the things that you really like to help them uh work through and emphasize and yeah who, who what do you feel like your specialty is or your client base or the people that that you really connect with yeah well so i love girls and women right i mean i just uh, not, I mean, I love men too, but but I just feel like I have a lot of passion around women's mental health, right? And so, um, and um, so, really, any issue that affects women is is an issue that I'm I'm ready to tackle. But when when a when a young person comes to me, you know, usually people come to therapy because there's some aspect of life that is unsatisfying, and they want to make a change. Right. And and usually the thinking around that is if I can just investigate how I feel about it. And then maybe how, and then maybe I can make some changes about it, and maybe I can take some medicine, and maybe things will get better. But you know, of course, human beings are way more complicated than that. Right. And so, when a young woman comes to me, um, I, my what I always say to her is, the my goal is for you to know everything you can know about yourself. 
what you stand for, what you stand for, how your body is functioning, um, what your values are. That's a big conversation I have with young girls all the time is what are your values, right? Um, and, and, and I spend a lot of time with girls and, and hopefully you're hearing this as they're communicating with you, Ryan, and their work with you. I spend a lot of time educating them about their brains and their bodies because so in my own personal story, right? I had, I have, I've struggled with decades of depression and anxiety and for years, right? From had, the time you were very young? Oh yeah. Since, okay. such, since childhood. Right. And, and, and. And was there a trigger or was there a- well you know what I think I think what I what I know and believe is that 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 depression and anxiety it's biology okay. right it's just it's and it's often genetic right it's mm-hmm. fueled you know I think I hit the genetic jackpot where that was where concerned that- right so I come by my depression and anxiety pretty honestly and then yeah a series of, of difficult things in childhood fueled it but but what I but you know over the course of probably 19 years I had I saw a lot of different therapists I took a lot of different medicine and stayed stuck for a really long time and it and really it wasn't until I did my own research on the human brain and and started having conversations with people that do the kind of work you do that I started to realize it is not enough for me to go talk to a therapist about how I feel and it is not enough to take this prescription those things are good they're good. And they can be helpful and sometimes. They, right, they're a piece of it, right? But there's there was so much more for me. You know, you know, just in my own story, one of the big the one of the big parts for me um, in my depression and anxiety was hormones. Nobody ever had that conversation with me, other than to say, You're a girl and hormones will be hard. Oh. Wow. Which I hate, right? Because we just and so we just we this is a thing with girls that, that abnormal is normal. Exactly. Yep. You yep. because you're a girl, you're 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 it's going to be hard. You're going to suffer hormonally and yeah. your period should just be weird and it should just be uncomfortable. And you might just gain 40 pounds and at 22 years old. You're just going to be yeah. moody and you should just expect that. Well, it turns out none of that is true. That's all like that's not true, right? If something's off with your hormones or your period or whatever, then something's off in your body. And if mm-hmm. something's off in your body, something's going to be off in your mood, which means your relationships are all going to suck probably, right? So, right. So, right. Um, so I had to, you know, learn that on and, and, and then finally, you know, happened upon some great doctors and therapists who helped me learn that. So I, when Love girls come that. to me, I want them to learn everything they can learn about themselves because that's powerful. That's right. right. That's and to right. know that... That, you know, yes, your feelings about it and your childhood history, all of that is interesting. But also, I like that word. Yeah. Like, it's interesting. It's interesting. All of that is interesting. But the, the, what's imperative is the full picture of who you are. Right. Right. And so sometimes, you know, women come in and they want to talk about their marriage. And I very much want to hear about your marriage, but I also want you to go get a full metabolic panel so we can see how your liver is functioning. And they don't understand what does that have to do with my marriage? Well, it has everything to do with. Right. Who you are, and so many doctors now, even GPs or even mm-hmm. OBGs, are they're they're pretty stuck. They're kind of boxed into mm-hmm. what what they know and what mm-hmm. advice they're allowed to give. Yeah, and um, I think that always surprises people when they hear advice like that out of yes. out of the norm. Yeah, it's funny. I've so so anytime a parent calls me to engage with their client with their kid, I say okay. Yes, I'd love to do therapy with your kid, but can you get them to the pediatrician and get a full metabolic panel done? And parents say, yes, I'll do that. And then I'll get a call from the pediatrician saying, you know, there's no blood work. There's no test I can run for depression, right? And I say, yes, I know that there's no blood panel. But there are some other bio signals <laughs> right. that could be very right. important. And I, and I say that with no disrespect to doctors sure, at all. Sure, Because doctors are amazing. But but yeah, they're boxed into, you know, they, they for, I think we forget like, 
all of these things play into. Right. They're all connected. They're all connected. Right. We can't solve it. I could not solve my depression without looking at all of that. Yeah. And and it's like you know we were talking about before about this inf- this this genetic information that you can give people. That's powerful. It is. Right. That's yeah. powerful. And the other night I sat on a call with a uh, with a psychiatrist who was brilliant and, and amazing. And when we first got on the call, he I was a little bit nervous he was going to say there's no relevance in genetics. And what he said is, I don't accept genetics blindly without clinical evidence. Right. But when we have clinical evidence and we see the genetics could be responsible for these symptoms we're seeing, well, then I really take it seriously. And I thought that was a really great way to Very explain well to someone right. because mm-hmm. that's a question I get asked all the time is, well, why would anything in my body, my, my genes, my liver function, my gut function have anything to do with that? <laughs> and my first answer is always that, that psychiatry and gut are like oh they're married goodness. they're married yes. yeah yes and and i feel like that aspect hasn't quite made it to mainstream it, nobody tells yet. us that nobody mm-hmm. teaches anyone that and so but the gut is the second brain right and and when like so you know when what i can get really angry about in women's health is that i can't okay i'm not going to remember exactly where i read this but but you guys know that this is true it takes on average a woman probably a decade to get the proper mental health diagnosis. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I knew it was oh, that. Okay. I'll okay. I know that that's documented somewhere and somebody's gonna probably call into we'll your Google it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it does, right? It takes it because because women comes woman comes in and you and I were talking about this, right? Like a woman or young woman comes in and says, I'm moody, you know, my period is weird. I get and then they're like, Okay, well here's a birth control pill, good luck. Or yep. here's some Prozac, yep. good luck. And while those things are awesome what else? They can also be just patching symptoms. It's not symptoms. enough. Mm-hmm. It's not enough as evidenced by the the high rates of suicide and depression right. and, and... Especially in young people. Right. And I look at my own story, right? Like, like when I was trying, at the height of trying to solve my depression, I'm a psychotherapist. I know how to navigate the system. At the height of yeah. your... Wow. I have... I have Friends and doctors and people I can text and ask. So tell me, like, what yeah. was the crossroads where you're yeah. like, okay. What was the turning I, point yes, for you? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was, um, so, so you know, depression and anxiety, like a lot of mental health things, can be sort of like a knee injury. You can walk around all the time with a knee injury and be fine right. until you have to go up a hill. And then it really hurts. And depression, depression can be that way too. So, so my, so, so my depression, like most people's, a lot of people's depression, would kind of go, 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 like, kind of hang low, right? Like I'd be fine, I'd be walking around like everything was fine. And then uh, five years ago, my dad died. Well, you know, nothing can create an existential identity crisis like your dad dying, right? So my dad dies, and 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 it, well, actually, this is interesting. So my dad died. My daughter went to college, had a baby. Um, you know, like all these right. things. Wow, there was some a big few, life changes. I, I entered into for, in my, into the forties, right? So all these things happened, and 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 all the while, right? I've been taking medicine and seeing great therapists and doctors and, and an OBGYN, and and but then this but this thing shifted inside of me, uh, and I don't really know how to describe it except it felt like biology changed inside of me. I could feel something was not right. And I kept going to my therapist and, and my GP and my OBGYN Seeking s- answers. saying and no one something's knew. not right. But, you know, because we expect women's lives to suck. 
<laughs> right? People kept saying, well, you know, you're a mom and your daughter's doing this you're and stressed. you just had a baby and you got a lot going on and your dad died. And and then this is the other problem too is we don't listen we don't listen to women, right? And so yes. they were hearing me, but I was and I was trying to say to them, no, you don't understand. Like right. something is wrong. And I just kept getting the same answer, which no disrespect to those people. They love me. They knew me. They were trying to help. But I think, um, I don't know. So it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. It it wasn't getting better. And so, and so, um, it got, it got bad. Like it had to, my depression had to get really bad, like really bad. Um, like scraping the bottom of the barrel for, for me to, I think, and you know, this is what happens to, I think for a lot of women is I had to like completely fall apart. Wow. Yeah. 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 And, and I get to the complete end. Oh my God. No rope it had to be, like really like people had to be worried about me mm-hmm. for, for someone to say, uh, how about we do some blood work? Wow. <laughs> right? oh, right? and, not, and not that I hadn't asked for the blood work, but you know, they're like, well, they're for you're what? fine. You're healthy. Like you're in a good, your, your weight is good. You're every, there's no obvious, there's no evidence. And, and while I understand that there was no evidence, my knowledge of my body right. was is should be evidence enough. And that's why I'm like so passionate about girls understanding their bodies. When something mm-hmm. shifts in your body, you need to be able to, to describe it to people. Mm-hmm. So that and, and people who take you seriously. Right. And, and that's right. what's so interesting because I can't count how many podcasts we have talked to someone who say, the story is always the same. I felt this. Nobody that's heard right. me. I mm-hmm. went everywhere and did mm-hmm. everything, but I had to find the answer on my own. It yeah. seems like a really yeah. common thread for people who and are... And you know, so much of my work is... Uh, uh, women having a relationship with their body. Mm-hmm. They become best friends with their body. Like, hey, what do we need today? Right. And having that conversation of becoming your own best friend. Right. So it sounds like you were, you were getting, you knew that. You yes. had this relationship with your body. You knew something was off and just didn't know how to, how to go from there. Right. Well, and I'll tell you something else too that I think is a problem for women is that we are so awesome that we almost never look as bad as we feel. Oh, so yes. yes. So nailed it. So yes. I, was walking yes. in, I was going into my OBGYN and my GP and my therapist, and I was running a treatment center, a you know, 15-bed treatment center. I was taking care of my kids. I looked awesome. I drive a nice car. I mean, it all looked good. Right. And I sounded just like this. Like, I wasn't coming in there like everything. That's just not how I communicate, right? And so I think that's how, like, women, we are so amazing. It's ho- like I always say, like, it's hard to depression. It's all it's hard to diagnose a woman with depression because who has time for those symptoms, right? Like, we don't really, <laughs> oh my gosh, we don't really, t-shirt. yeah, we don't I really like come that. in. We don't really come into the doctor sounding or looking desperate. Right. We come in, put together, mm-hmm. and then they look at you and they think, "No, you don't look that sick." And you're still functioning. You're getting mm-hmm. up. You're going to work. You're taking a shot. You look beautiful. You got your eye. You got everything right. Your kids are going to school and. I think that was part of my problem. I know that was part of my problem. You were holding it together too well. That's what I mean when I say like I had to lose it for anybody to say, oh, man, maybe she's right. I love that honesty, (laughs) Michelle, because I think for some people that's really hard to say, especially as a professional in this field. Right. You know, when people are coming to you for advice, sometimes it's hard to say, hey, I have been there and I get it. And I've, you know, I've been in the trenches too. That's right. Right, right. That's right. Okay, so you got the blood panel done. Were so, there any significant findings, well, turning points I was there? In, I was in perimenopause, 
which by the way, was not, not anything anyone had ever told me about. And I said to my OBGYN who I've known for like 30 years, I said like, you never talked to me about this. And he said, uh, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm like, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> I remember we this. never had a conversation <laughs> about progesterone. And what it was, I mean, you know, you hear as women, like this thing, the change, right? You hear yes. about it, but all we hear about, of course, is that it's going to suck or whatever. Nobody tells you that it is going to be potentially a chemical revolution inside of your brain that wow. is going to change the way you look at the world. And I, you know, now when I, you know, I, I really, God, you know, it, it, so I ask so many questions of my clients about their menstrual cycle and their hormones, and I feel like. I feel like they're probably all girls are always like, why do we have to talk about this? But, but those bio signals are so key. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then when I did the research on progesterone, I I was astonished at what, what could happen in my body if my body didn't metabolize it the right way. If it did, if, if the levels were too high, if I was too sensitive to it, I mean, I'm like all of these women who have been hospitalized or incarcerated, has anyone checked their progesterone levels? Right. That's what I want to know. Right. <laughs> you know. Has anyone asked or them? Or they a- have felt crazy and, right. and, and didn't know... You know what right. is going on, right? Well, like, and the, the yeah. role of progesterone is is to keep inflammation down. It's a protection. So when you don't have that, imagine how inflammation can just sort of and estrogen can spiral out of control. Right, right. And 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 we don't have. And the other thing too is even once we don't even really have any great tests for to really capture data around progesterone and estrogen because it's all because it's ever changing right Right. blood draw snapshot but even things like the dutch test the urine analysis Mm -hmm. test are a little more limited in in the the range that we can see right so you when you walk into your your doctor and you say i'm having depression they're probably not going to test all those things (laughs) right they're probably not going to investigate all great information so so this would be really some helpful for for our audience to know when when if they want to be armed when they go in and, Mm -hmm. and they know something's wrong in their body what, what do you think the three things that they should say to their doctor? I want this. I need this. Can mm-hmm. we look at this? Well, I, I always say do ask for a full metabolic panel, right? Okay. Like With a, hormones and thyroid. Yeah, and the everything. Whole, yeah. Like an, that's basically, basically when you ask for a full metabolic panel, you're just looking at how is the body functioning. Okay. Right? Great tip. So, so for sure. The second thing I always tell my patients is go in with data. You got to collect some data on yourself. And so I'm a, I am I always, you know, so, so one of the nerdy things that I did in my own life is y- y'all are going to laugh, but you're going to love it too. For 365 days, every day I collected data on how my mood was. We've wow. probably both done right. this. <laughs> what, yes. I, what I ate, how much I slept, who I interacted with. And, and of course the thing, one of the things I found out for myself, not only did I see, was able to really see that influence of progesterone once I started collecting the data, but I also was able to see what a major player sleep was for me. Yes. Right. I tell my clients that all the time. So I tell my patients, ask for a full metabolic panel, go in with some data, even if it's just seven days worth Mm -hmm. of, you know, data, tell, be prepared to tell your doctor how you're sleeping, what you're eating, you know, that kind of thing. And then, um, uh, let's see if there's a third one. Um, I, w- I, you know, I always, you know what my third one is, or the thing that I like to say to, to, to my clients is you don't have to go to a psychiatrist. I love psychiatrists, but go to the doctor that knows you the best. If it's your okay. OBGYN, Great tip. Okay. especially yeah, for yes. women, like usually your OBGYN is someone who's known you a long time. They know your medical history. Um, right. so that way you don't have to start from the beginning, mm-hmm. right? They've right. already got data on you. 
Because that's what's so draining and time consuming is going from one person to another, having to start from the top and explain that. And this person doesn't know you. They don't know this isn't normal. Right. Right. And any great psychiatrist will tell you that that psychiatrists are are good and great for psychiatric emergencies. But if your if your mood is low or your anxiety is high, your talk, your your general practice doctor or your OBGYN is perfect. That or your pediatrician if you're a That's child. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, if you know that your mood is affected or changing and, and you mm-hmm. feel like something's off, you know, take a look at your labs, take a yep. look at your gut function, take yep. a look at your, your habits and mm-hmm. your lifestyle and see if there's anything there that could contribute to, right. to some of these right. things. Because if you go into your doctor and you say, I feel depressed, they just want to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. That's what doctors right. do. They, they right. want they need they want to see you feel better right away. That's right. And I yeah. work probably like you and, and you, Tracy, with so many people who say, you know, I've been everywhere and I've done everything. And one thing I always encourage people to do um, is when we are organizing all of their medical information and their labs mm-hmm. and what they've done and their symptom list, I will put at the top of the list, ask your doctor, what are some lifestyle changes I can d- yes. to make to change these symptoms or to improve mm-hmm. these symptoms? And I feel like that's something that as Americans, we kind of forget to ask yeah. right. because we're just kind of ready for that magic pill. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. I mean, the, you know, kid, you know, the girls that, that the young women that I work with, I mean, I think they're probably sick of me asking them about their sleep, but it, if we don't fix that, that's right. There's no pill that will That's fix right. your fully depression. Mm-hmm. You know what? What do you think has changed, or maybe it hasn't changed, and this this just seems new to me. But what what's going on right now that the the immense pressure on these young girls and these young women um, feels so heavy and burdensome? Oh yeah, that it's it's mm-hmm. almost like an epidemic that mm-hmm. it's so similar across the board. Do right. you feel like their own expectations of like what their life is supposed to look like, or what what? Is it? Well, the main thing, when you think about young people, the main thing you have to remember is how much school has changed. Academic expectations That's, are yes. so different. Yes. Like, you know, you, I hear all the time parents say, well, when I was in school, it, it's, it might as well be a different country. Mm-hmm. When we were, when I, when I graduated from high school in 1993 and the valedictorian had a 4.0 and that was phenomenal. Yeah. The valedictorian at any high school in San Antonio this year will have like a 5.25. That's right. That's How right. does that even happen? Like the, I don't the even understand the average is no math. longer a hundred. No. Reagan, where my kids graduated, no. the the top student had no. about one hundred and seventeen no. because of all these extra. You, we don't understand yes. anything yes. about the academic pressure that our young people are facing. I'm so glad you're talking yeah. about this. So so we've raised the bars. I mean, like when I went to college in 1994, a million kids in America went to college with me. This year, over 25 million kids are trying Whoa. to get into college. Wow. That's so a, the steep competition. Seriously. That's a kind of pressure that we will never understand. And so just that alone is right. impacting young girls, right? And the yeah. amount of extracurriculars I'm seeing in kids, I mean, I was a pretty busy high schooler and preteen, but I can't imagine carrying the load that they're right. carrying. Some no. of the, the mutually mutual clients that we share, right. they have five or, or 10 or oh more extracurriculars None on of top us of could school. live up to that. No. No, no, no. adult could live that Mm-mm. schedule. So in that scenario, what do you do? Do you tell a kid, hey, you know, pick your three favorites or let's take some pressure off or, or do you just, do you let them try it and see how it works? What's the right thing to do? Well, first thing is to have the conversation with the parent, right? When we're talking about young people, I think I always tried. So one of my things is if you can't work with kids and not work with parents. Right. So if you think that you can, you're crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Your your mom and dad or or whoever the guardians are, they, they become also your primary client. And so really helping them understand, like, you know, 
what do you value really? And I have a lot of conversations with my clients about values. What do you value as parents most? And then let's try to shape their schedule around those values, ah, right? So, good. so so you're saying you value family time. But there and, is none. <laughs> but there is none, right? Because it looks like on paper what you value is academics, right? And and that's hard for parents too because parents are experiencing that same pressure of like I want my child to be successful. I want them to do well, you know, all of this. So um so the, the long story longer is I, I I I it's hard it's almost impossible to convince a young person to to achieve less. That's hard to do, yes. right? Do less. They 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 they, <laughs> they, can't. they can't, right? And so 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 balance I, so more. Try it. Go for it, right? But then having a conversation with with parents where you say, "Look, this is not. This is you're going to have to balance this for them." Mm-hmm. You Let's know? be realistic. Let's be realistic, right. and you've got to help them balance this. Yeah. Yeah. Great tip. I yeah. Love that. I want to go back to when you found out you got your blood panel, mm-hmm. and and what was your first step of getting healthy to where you are now with the progression and like what were your steps when you got that blood work and you finally saw like okay you know you kind of had a clear path forward yes what was your next step because I feel like sometimes we give this information out but I love like a tangible this is what I do next yeah well, so once we looked, once we were able to look at, um, we looked at, you know, progesterone, we looked at histamine. I don't know if you guys have ever talked yes. about this. Oh, yeah. yeah. We looked at all that. So then, then was, you know, I, so I'm lucky, right? I have great doctors who gave me some, some information, like here's some things Excellent. we can do. Here's some stuff we can do right now, right? Like some supplements, um, some things we can change in your lifestyle that, that we can do immediately. Um, and so it just, I mean, I'm just good. At, I'm, I followed the instruction, right? Okay. Like I started doing okay. that. I started taking the medicines and doing the things that they asked me to do. And then um, just more research. And I'm a little bit of a, like, I'm a geek when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm I very interested in like learning about those things. Um, but, you know, the, to be honest with you, um, I wish it was easy. I mean, it was more of an experiment. Okay. Really. Okay. And I think it is, I think that's, it is for most people. Like once you find out, okay, now I've got all this information about how my body and my mind are functioning. Now there's now we're gonna have to experiment with what's gonna be the most effective shift, you know. So right. We're gonna, you know, add this supplement and take away this this food thing right. and add more sleep and see if we add this medicine. And mm-hmm. so for probably like I don't I'm gonna and I probably am still a little bit in that experimental phase, okay. if I'm being okay. honest with you. I think we're you. all feeling yeah. like a work in yeah. progress. Yeah, I mean I tried I tried some hormones that didn't work for me. Okay. I tried some different medicines and so I'm still and then the hard thing, right, or the or not hard, but the mysterious thing is that also your body is ever changing. Changing, right? yes, so, yes. So, so I think to to for good mental health, right, or good overall health, you really have to decide to be an investigator of your own. It's great advice. You got right to be there. an ex, you gotta experiment, yes. right? And tracking. The more you track things, that then you'll have that data to look back on and say. And the thing, like the thing I know about myself, definitively, is sleep. No matter what I change out here with medicine and food and, 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 you know, boyfriend, whatever, you know, whatever I change, if I don't get enough rest, y'all. Right. You're no good. I'm no good. Yeah. I feel that. It's so, it's so disarmingly simple, but. And sometimes we just don't even want to realize how simple it is. Oh, I want to think I'm way more complicated than that, (laughs) right? I'm like, no, you don't understand. And it's such an an odd thing to have to convince somebody like, hey, you need to go to bed and you need to put your phone down before bed and you need to really prioritize this sleep because it's strange that people really 
really try to fight it every day, every today, every session I had, every young person I met with today, we had to talk about sleep. And and it's not even the first time I've had that conversation with them. You know, we, you know, okay, you've made all those changes and it's still really hard. Well, how'd you sleep last night? Well, I didn't really sleep last night, but a couple of hours. Wow. I wanted to scroll around on TikTok for four and a half hours. So and I get all the time. That's why your mood is crashing today. It's not a mystery, kid. And and I feel like kids today are often so bombarded with kind of like that dopamine stimulation, like the constant thing of the phone and the the flip through social media or like sugar. Absolutely. It's just constant stimulation. And so like training the brain, like it's time to wind down, getting that circadian rhythm back in check. That can be kind of its own experiment. Right, right. I mean, hopefully the next the next big thing in mental health is just being. Hopefully we can talk okay, a so little bit about that. That's my whole thing yeah. is, um, you know, we're human beings, not human doings. Right. And that your doing will come out of your being. Exactly. Like when you can be, which is why I'm such a big advocate of meditation and mm-hmm. being still. And just mm-hmm. and I tell people it, it can be five minutes of just getting in touch. It doesn't yes. have to be a meditation session does not have right. to be an hour of mm, no, you know, 30 it's seconds like to a minute really of just, just like checking a in. body scan. What do we need today? How am I feeling? Huh. Uh, you know what? I think I need some water. I'm a little dehydrated. You know, like yes. we don't even take the time to feel like what's going on inside our mm-hmm. body. Instead, we're just reacting. And doing. And doing. Achieving. So. Right. You're, in, you're doing comes off. out of your being. Right. Love that. Right. Yeah. I feel like you guys right. are making good slogans today. Well, and the pandemic is ruining all of this for like. This is what's happening now. This is the this is you know the, the 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 quote unquote mental health crisis that's coming out of the pandemic is actually we have removed the doing. We've right. removed a lot of the doing. Right, like you can't go to gymnastics, you can't go to football practice. In fact, your whole season is canceled. You're not even going to go to six period anymore. Now we're going to have to learn to be. That's right. This that's got to be pretty tough on. I don't have kids, but it's got to be pretty tough on young people who are used to. It's terrible. It, what a switch! It's right. terrible. Right. I've seen a major uptick in in kids in crisis because we've because so suddenly we've taken away all these things, and I think most adults in their life don't have the language to explain or even the knowledge to say, "You're not losing your mind." Here's what's happening. We've taken everything away that we told you was who you are. Right, your identity. Your right. identity has been stolen for a time. Right. So who are you right. now? We've based your identity on what you can <laughs> that's do. It, that's exactly right. That's not it. who you can. Not what you just. Not are. who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're moving, removing all the doing, and people are panicking, and not just kids, adults too. Even right. me, I'm panicked. Even me. Right. right. And I know right. this stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. So, what are some other things uh, in addition to sleep that you really try to focus on? You kind of check in with yourself on. Yeah, eating. Eating food. Okay. And I mean, I tell my clients, and I try to tell myself all the time, everything you put in your body affects your mood. Everything. Yes. Um, and so, and I, and I don't harp, and I mean, I don't, I don't try to, and I don't tell people like, don't eat any sugar and don't drink any alcohol. I don't say that, but I just say like, notice. You okay, I like notice. that awareness. Yeah, just be aware. Just notice if and so so if so notice that when you eat a pint of ice cream before bed, your sleep and mood are affected. You can still do it, but just know that it's going to happen. So good. And mm-hmm. and but instead of advice. the next morning, what happens is then that young woman. Let me let me just talk about myself. Then I wake up the next morning and I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm suck at everything and look at my stomach and everything. You know, <laughs> right. I, right? You know, and that's that again. That that poor integration of the right. mind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed that if I have Asian food, I have a little bit of an aversion to Asian food mm-hmm. because that GABA glutamate system gets 
really problematic for me. And so, you know, I just have to kind of make that choice. Do I want to feel crummy tomorrow? Right. Is it worth it? But at right. least you're aware. I'm you're aware. Making, you're know. making the choice. Yeah. Well, and genetics not kind forbidden. of helped me it's figure just, that out. I was yeah. genetics that's kind awesome. of changed the way that I I eat. And so I think that's really fun too. Mm-hmm. Like when I when I have a, a kiddo that works with Michelle, come to me and say, you know, I don't really want to eat this, or I don't feel like eating this. We can kind of pull out their genetics and say, well. You kind of need to. Like, right. This is what your body oh, needs to feel better. This is tool. what your brain needs yes. to feel better. And um, I think that's that's some pretty sound con- convincing. Well, it's empowering for, it's for empowering, girls, too. Yes, that's, that's a great, great way to say it. it. Yes. That, that my, it arms them. Right. My mood is not just this thing that's happening to me. Mm-hmm. That I'm not that in control of. I can do something. Right. right? I can do something here. Yeah. So h- how do you... How do you stay focused on helping a young woman build self confidence when it is such a, um, a such a flux right now in what's mm-hmm. going on with their lives and their home lives, their school mm-hmm. lives? How do you um, encourage them to really stay focused on on who they are and their values? That's it. It's values. I mean, I, I so a, a big part of what I do, and, and and it's a big part of what I do in my own life too. And I'm 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 I'm, I'm a student of, of Brene Brown and all that all that research, I right? Love which her. my yes. favorite part of all that research though is the research on values. That when you know when you know what you stand for, you can shape your decisions around those values. And when you sh- when you craft your decisions, whether it's about who you date or what you eat, when they're when they're when they're aligned with your values, l- life feels more peaceful. Right. Right. And so, so that's the, that's the thing for me with, with, with my clients, with myself, with my kids, uh, with anybody is, is let's figure out what you stand for. Let's identify your values and then let's not let anything in your life that subtracts from your values. Things can be neutral and they, we certainly want things that add to your values, but anything that subtracts, it's out. Yes. It's out. And so that's great. So so keeping so the question of, you know, how do I keep them how do I help them focus on 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 self-esteem and things like that? I, you know, that word is such a trigger word, the whole self-esteem, self-care. I kind of hate both of those things right now or hate using those terms. I just say, let's just look at is this in line with your values or not? That's right. great. That it really kind of takes the pressure off. It does. Yeah. Cuz we like we have pressured women to have good self-esteem and positive body image and self-care. And now it's just those are just things we can't do well enough anymore. Right. <laughs> it's another thing I we have one to more thing I can't do. I yeah. Right. I didn't add up. Right. right. I can't didn't do any mm-hmm. self-care today. I, I you know, I kind of really don't even believe in it anymore. Now I just kind of think I'm that, more about self-compassion. Yeah. Than than so yeah. Yeah. And I and so that. so I'll say to you know, girls like does this line up with your values or not there you go that's pretty simple that's that's much easier to answer yes they love it and i and i love it too it's much easier for me to answer that for myself that things are not good or bad it's either in line or it's it's either congruent or it's not right 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 that's fantastic michelle Wow, this has been a powerful conversation. Aww. This has. I know. I cannot wait to share this with all of the young women that I, I really want to introduce Michelle to. And um, so and I love that we have you on a podcast so we can literally introduce this work, you know, through the podcast and get your work out. It's so needed. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you so much for, for seeing it and for seeing me and for asking all these wonderful questions. And I love just your just how authentic you are. It also helps us feel like there's hope, you know, when I I feel like when somebody comes from a place of, you know, of authority and you're, you're and, but they, you feel like, 
wow, you, you, you just can't, there's nothing real about it. It mm-hmm. just seems like something else I have to get to and achieve. Right. So just thank you for being so real and authentic and telling your story. She's amazing. Thank you. Yes. It was so great to have you. And we're going to link um, some information about Michelle's website and how yes. you can get in touch with her if you think that you can benefit from her services or you want to chat with her about what's going on in your life. And thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. Thanks, ladies. So Live takes a holistic approach in that mind, consumption, and movement is your strongest ally in creating the mental and physical wellness you desire. Join us on this journey of sharing the best tips, insights, and expert advice we've come across. Thank you from So Live. For more information, go to soliveinc.org.